Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Alvaverde. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we continue our series on the greatest football teams in school history, looking back on the 2006 Gators with former Florida wide receiver Dallas Baker. He and I will look back on some of the top moments and memorable games from that year, including the road wins at Tennessee and Florida State, the loss to Auburn, and how the Gators were able to bounce back from that point on and not lose another game the rest of the season on their way to Florida's first SEC title and national championship since 1996. Here is my conversation with Dallas this week. We're now joined by former Florida wide receiver Dallas Baker to discuss the 2006 Florida football team. The touchdown maker joins us. How's it going, my man? Thanks for joining us on Locked on Gators. Uh, it's going great. It's going great as always great opportunity to be able to talk about my alma mater so looking forward to it uh, Dallas before we get into the 2006 season can you just speak to the first year under Urban Meyer in 2005 what you guys kind of accomplished in that first year and how that set you guys up for the success in 2006 2005 the most important part was about culture changing first off I, I want to say I'm not bad mouthing Coach Zook or the coaching staff because Guys off that coaching staff are still mentors, still guys I talk to to this day, have much respect for, who are like father figures. So I want to get that out there. But the 05 year was all about culture changing, really. It was more about the old saying, if one fight, we all fight. But it was something new that we were taught. Like, instead of one fight, all fight, how about stopping that guy from fighting? And in that way, this guy don't get suspended for this game or maybe get kicked off the team. And that's a brother that you lose rather than helping us go undefeated or not. So it was just things like that to get us to really open our mind up and think, like, you know what? It's different ways to accomplish things. As you guys went into 2006, what do you feel like the mindset was of the teams? What were the expectations? Uh, it was more of one game at a at a time, but not to contradict myself. We knew we could be pretty good. We knew we had some games in 05 that slipped away, to be honest. Us playing South Carolina, I know we didn't expect it, and a lot of people didn't expect for us to beat us. And that was a game that kind of kept us out of the SEC East. So when we went into 06, we knew how good we could be, but we feel like some of the issue is we're looking down the road a little bit too much. You know, we are feeding into the, you know, we have a new coach and we have a new system and all these things. This is the year. As far as 06, is like, you know what, let's take every game one game at a time. And then you guys obviously come out of the gates in the first two weeks. You guys get the wins at home over Southern Miss and UCF. Then you sure. go on the road to Tennessee, always the first big test of the season in the SEC. And you guys rally after being down 17-7 on the road. You score two touchdowns in that game. Talk about that 21-20 win and how huge that was for you guys early in the year. It was huge because, you know, that started SEC play, and now we're 1-0 in the SEC. But – a lot of people say last year doesn't matter, and yeah, that's true, but I remember a lot of guys will tell you, because we still talk about this to this day, you know, there's some memories that you'll never let go of, but I remember telling guys, like, look, we did the same thing last year. All right, we beat Tennessee last year, we beat them this year. Don't get ahead of ourselves. Let's continue looking at this one game at a time. 
let's have fun when we get back to Gainesville, like we always do. But when it's time to get back to work on Sunday, let's get back to work. Because even though Sunday we're our day off, we took it amongst ourselves, and we were watching film and do other things to get ready for the week ahead. That's just how we were groomed, start from that 05 season. Beating Alabama, beating LSU at home, what do you feel like those two SEC games in the swamp kind of did for your guys' confidence as you kind of got into SEC play? Oh, man, that Alabama game was was almost personal. I remember before the game we were warming up. I remember just crying, like, with so much emotion getting ready to play. And some of my boys, I remember Andre uh, Bubba was looking at me like, man, what's wrong with you? I was like, bro, I'm just ready to go. And I remember just one thing that was sticking in my mind, they kept playing a video of DJ Hall doing the gator chop and then the, the throat slash with it. So that was something that stuck in my head, even in warm-ups from us seeing it over and over again in videos and just the disrespect of us losing. I want to say it was like 34 to 3 and the way they were trying to run a score. So that Alabama game, for me, it was, it, it was personal. And then LSU – that was, a, I would say, even more confidence builder because to play a team like LSU for homecoming, that's something I brag about. Shoot, I was just talking about it two nights ago with uh, two of my friends on, on three-way because we were talking about college football, and I was just talking about that. Who schedules LSU for homecoming? And I want to say they were, like, top five in the country. If not, I know guaranteed top ten. So the way we played that game and the score – that just showed us, you know what, we really have a chance. But, again, don't look ahead. Let's go one game at a time because now we're really at the point where we can have a slip-up and, you know, it could knock us out of chance to play for the national championship. Speaking with former Florida wide receiver Dallas Baker, the next game up, Auburn, the number 11 team in the country, college game day was there. It was such a big rivalry matchup. Talk about that game, what that loss kind of did for the team and, and how you guys kind of tried to move on from that point on. I'll say that loss is 2020. I was talking to Brian Crumb last Tuesday, and that's the game we still do not talk about. So that's the type of effect that loss has had on us. You know, one plus one isn't two in football. Just because this team beat that team doesn't mean I could beat this team. You know, it doesn't work like that. And that was a prime example for us. You said we beat LSU, and a lot of people probably say, you know what, Florida's going to beat Auburn at least by 14-17, and we go in there and we lose the game. I don't remember the score, but I think we lost by double digits, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, because of the, the scoop fumble at the end of the game. But that was a game we don't talk about. I remember, you know, my teammates know, like, we had to deal with some things when we got back. Coaches were not happy, and it's honest, we weren't treated like normal college players. You know, we were treated like professionals, which we loved. So, we didn't wait till the next day to handle it. We got back that night. We handled that. The next day, uh, well, no, Monday morning, I believe we watched film, and it was like sickening again to the point I was, I said I was going to the restroom, and I sat in the locker room, like, pissed off, mad, trying to figure out where did we go wrong and how can we move on from it. I remember Coach Meyer came in there, which is odd. Why would he walk in the locker room? Unless he was maybe coming to look for me in the restroom. I don't know, but. He walks in the locker room, and he sees me with my head down. And I look up, I see him, I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> and he walks over here, like, do you want out? Does anybody want out? Of course I don't want out. I'm like, nobody else want out. He was like, 
I know it hurts. It's like it's supposed to hurt, but what are we going to do about it? And I remember I told him, I don't know if you remember this, but I said, Coach, let us handle this, all right? There's nothing you need to do. I said, the seniors and the guys that go out there and make plays every day, which I was talking about the rest of my teammates, let us handle this. And Monday, uh, right after the, the, the special teams meeting, we had a little short, quick meeting, the entire team, and we said some things. There wasn't no screaming, no yelling. We just challenged one another. We talked, and the rest is history. So Tebow wasn't the only one that made a speech. That must have been such a memorable moment for you to to have with Meyer there in that locker room. Yeah, it was just one-on-one, and there's a saying, what's understood doesn't have to be said, and it wasn't much that was said, but still to this day, it, it sticks with me. For me, it was kind of strange. Like, why would he walk into the locker room during position meetings? You know, he had no reason to walk in there. So it's like, I guess something led him in there. And for me, like, oh, shoot, coach has caught me sitting in my locker instead of being in my position. And I told him, like, coach, I can't watch it. And I saw he was like, does anybody want out? And we just we just understood each other, you know. Now, do you feel like that loss to Auburn for you guys was a lot like people talk about the old Miss loss for the 2018? Because from that point on, you guys didn't lose another game. Oh, definitely. That was, oh, man. Because, like I said, that LSU game gave us that confidence. And that Auburn game, I think, kept us level-headed. Because we had done that so many times from the time I got there, my freshman, sophomore, junior year, to where we would win games that nobody even gave us a chance for. Especially, think about how many times Coach Zook was on the hot seat and we were going this three- or four-game win streak beating teams that nobody gave us a chance to beat. So, that LSU game was one of those games, but that Auburn game was the game that basically brought us back down to earth. Like, hey, don't get too ahead of yourself. And to be honest, like, and I may sound like a hypocrite, but we got back to work. We continued looking one game at a time. You know, we tightened the screws a little bit tighter. But for me, I wanted to play them again in the SEC championship. I was a little upset when we played Arkansas. Now that it's years later, and I could be honest, I didn't want to play Arkansas. I wanted to play Auburn. I wanted to get another shot at them. And, you know, the worst thing for you and your teammates is that you guys had to wait two weeks after that loss to Auburn because it was a bye before Georgia. Talk about that Talk about that turnaround and then getting ready to play, you know, a hated rival like that. So it was two weeks. We had a bye. I remember I went home and I, I watched my high school play. Uh, I had to hear some family, some friends talk about how did we lose that game. So the week when we got back from Georgia, that was the focus. You know, let that game be in the past, but don't forget about that feeling. We don't ever want to feel that feeling again. But there's not too much that should have to be said because, I mean, we're playing Georgia. That Florida-Georgia rivalry runs deep, you know, for all of us. Jordos probably had family members or friends who played in that game. My uncle is Wes Chandler, and I want to say he got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Or, or I remember he was there for the game and did a corn toss or something the year before or two years before. So, so just for some of the guys who didn't understand it, we just tried to make sure that they understood like how important this game was. Yes, because it's the next game, but there's a lot tied into this game. We're speaking with former Florida wide receiver Dallas Baker. Y'all also had to deal with the prodigal son coming back to the swamp. Oh, 
and they had just beat us the year before. Yep. <laughs> Listen, you can look it up. After we beat South Carolina, we still have to play Florida State, right? Doesn't really mean much. But after that South Carolina game, there's so many pictures out there of me crying. There's a picture with Murph having arm around me while we were doing the, the school song with the fans. I'm crying. It's because of what you said. There was so much into that game with Coach Spurrier coming back, those guys beating us the year before, it being a dog fight to where we won. It was almost like winning the national championship. So I cried like a baby. Dallas, as we move toward the end of the season, I'm going to talk about a huge game that you had on the road. And that was at Vanderbilt. You had seven catches for 135 yards. You caught a TD in the second quarter, and that ended up being the difference in what was a 25-19 to 19 win you guys had to squeak out. So Vanderbilt is, is a team who, us guys who play the game and play against Vanderbilt, think about it, my junior year, it took us overtime to beat Vanderbilt. So I want to speak from the guys who play against Vanderbilt who are out on the field on Saturday. And, that's what, and again, I'm not – Offending the fans, no way, shape, or form. That's why I'm trying to make sure I watch what I say. But Vanderbilt is a team. They might, may not have a lot of four or five stars, and the score may not be pretty. You may end up beating them by, let's see, three, four touchdowns, whatever it is. But the guys are going to hit you in the mouth. You know, here it is. They could have laid down once we came out there. We were the Florida Gators. We were ranked top ten at that time. You know, it was already talks that we were the team to beat and SEC, and the way they just played us. So that's a game that that I also focus on a lot when, when I show film and players, some of our own players at Marshall, and I ask, Coach, what, what games have you played in? Just because the way that game was shaped up, like you said, it was a 25-19 game, and we had to play from beginning to end. So that was another game that gave us confidence that, look, we can go on the road. We knew how tough those guys were. Our coaches did also. So to go in there and win a game like that was also a confidence builder. And obviously when I started talking about a big road performance at the end of the season, a lot of fans probably assumed that I was talking about FSU where you guys went on the road and you had five catches for 84 yards and you had the big 25-yard touchdown. You're one of the, actually the few Gators, Dallas, that had two trips to Tallahassee and didn't lose out of time. <laughs> That's a great feeling, real great feeling. Beat the team out west twice on their own turf. Uh, the Florida State game was personal for me, of course, because it's Florida, Florida State. But, you know, and it was probably personal for a lot of other guys because growing up in the state of Florida, you either going to Florida, Florida State, Miami around that time. Now you have a lot of opportunities to play football here in the state of Florida. But at that time, if you were a, a top, top football player, Everyone figured you were going to either Florida, Florida State, or Miami, just being honest and what it is. So to have a lot of childhood friends go to Florida State, and I'm at Florida, it was bragging rights. I remember seeing Buster Davis earlier that season back when, when I went home and he was home, and I remember us talking, and, you know, coaches don't want to hear this, but as a player, we were going back and forth, like, man, we're going to beat you guys by 40. And he's like, oh, that's better not come across the middle. So that Florida State game, for me, was personal. Both of us were seniors. I knew it was our last time playing each other, so who was going to get the bragging rights until we 60, 70, 80 years old? And, of course, I had to make sure it was me. We're speaking to a former Florida wide receiver, Dallas Baker. Final couple things for you, Dallas. Let's talk championships now. You guys head to Atlanta. First opportunity 
at an SEC championship since 2000. How big was that game and that moment for the program and, and being able to get that win over Arkansas? Ah, it was huge. Being a kid growing up, you know, and for some reason, even I'm, I'm starting to get emotional, I guess, just because I know I, I accomplished, I thank the good Lord, things that I always wanted to. I remember being a kid growing up, seeing highlights of my Uncle West being a Florida Gator and my older cousin going to Gainesville as a walk-on when I was probably around like seven, eight years old, and then Tim Bochamp going there. So for me, that's all I knew was orange and blue. Like I didn't know anything else. I knew I wanted to go play for the Florida Gators and I wanted to win an SEC championship, a national championship. I remember running in front of my grandmother's house and waving at the woods in front of her house and pretending they were the fans, like telling them to stand up because I had just caught the game with a touchdown outside by myself. And to have that opportunity, I just remember, like, God is good. Like, this is what I prayed for. Like, I always want to bring an SEC championship to the University of Florida. I had opportunities, and we kept coming up short. But what better way than to do it my senior year? And that's something that I always owe dear to me for the rest of my life, just that day, I remember I was sitting next to Andre Carwell, and we were doing things called Sunshine Sports at that time, either Sun Sports at that time. And Chris Dorn, he was one of the analysts on there. And I remember me and Bubba sitting next to each other doing an interview in the hallway after the SEC championship. And I was just, it felt like a dream. It felt unreal. Even to this day, like talking about it, I could ramble on forever. I think after that game, the buildup, with the selection in the national championship and all the chatter about a rematch with Michigan and Ohio State and how you guys felt after winning that SEC title and, and just the way that things played out. So, as you know, players, coaches, you make sure you say the correct thing, but behind cameras, we were a little ticked off and we were just praying, God, please let us have a chance. There's no way. They can let Ohio State and Michigan play each other again. Like, that's not right. They already played each other, and Ohio State won. So, back then, we would say we weren't paying attention to it, but, man, that was a lie. I couldn't even sleep. <laughs> that's all we were thinking about was, like, please do not give them a, another opportunity to play each other. Just give us a shot. So, the buildup, it was, man, like, it, it was very intense, nerve-wracking, sleepless night. So, it was something we thought about. And then you guys get the nod, obviously, the matchup with Ohio State. Just talk to me about the buildup, man, the preparation, how Urban Meyer and the staff got you guys ready for that game, and how you guys were able to bounce back from that opening kickoff, dominate the Buckeyes the rest of the way. So one thing we talked about, so when we got the nod and we knew we were going to play Ohio State, uh, the first thing we talked about, and it's something that I even try to use in coaching, life, everything, was Coach Meyer had – Coach Meyer himself, and then he had the rest of the coaches telling us, but we knew it came from Coach Meyer, but are they chess pieces better than ours? And I wasn't really into chess. I knew how to play, but not really. I'm like, what the freak does that mean? He ended up explaining, you know, like, if we went five wide, do they have five DBs that could cover all five of our wide receivers? If we spread them out, are they able to play with our speed? So that was the first thing we started talking about. Can they chess pieces match our chess pieces? Then that was a confidence booster. 
because a lot of people felt like they were one of the greatest college football teams ever. You know, those guys were big. They were fast. They were strong, of course. It was Big Ten. So when he said that, now I say, you know what? They put on our, they put on their pants just like we do. Then it was us holding each other accountable, how we did all year. But make sure guys doing extra studying. Make sure guys are meeting on their own. Uh, make sure guys are giving input. Like you know what, coach? Maybe we should attack it this way. You know, and again, like I said earlier, a lot of things that you see people doing, those who don't know may feel like we are always trying to make everything about us. But people who know, even friends who went to other universities, they know a lot of the stuff that you see people doing. We started this in '06. Having that pro player mentality, it was something we did years and years ago. So in '06, we went about it as, as we were professional football players. Like, yeah, this was practice time and this was meeting time. But Chris would, you know, he would order pizzas. We would get Gatorade, and you better not miss this meeting. You know, like we would take the projector from the, the stadium, which we probably shouldn't, but we'll take that. Chris will hook it up, and he'll put it up in his living room, and every receiver, quarterback, running back, tight end, they want up for the O-line, was there. And so we were meeting again probably, I would probably say 9 to 11 o'clock at night, you know, on our own, and nobody were complaining because that's how bad we wanted that championship. Wow. Final question for you, Dallas. Now all these years are moved. As you look back on it and everything that you were able to accomplish – not only did you win the SEC championship and national title, you caught a touchdown pass in the national championship game, go and, and win a Super Bowl, and you're remembered, you know, Dallas Baker, the touchdown maker. Just what does it mean to you to be able to have that type of experience and those type of memories that you have? So if, if you've seen the, the interview, and everyone knows Coach G, that's like my dad. So, of course, everyone knows we talk just about every day. But on New Year's, I remember I text him, tell him Happy New Year's, and like everyone else, text how much somebody means to you. And I told him, I said, I thank you for coming into my life. And not only that, just I thank the University of Florida. And that's why I cry so much when I talk about my university, the love that Gator Nation gives me. I hope they understand that I give it back the same exact way. You know, like I love my job. I love Marshall University for giving me my first opportunity, and I will always feel that way. But for me to be at another university, and here it is, I tweet about my university, that should let them know I'm never going to forget where I come from. I met my fiance at the University of Florida. Some of my best friends are my teammates that I met in Florida when I was 18 to 23, 24 years old. You know, so what the University of Florida has done for me, I feel like I can never repay University of Florida or Gator Nation. You know, there are times when it is the, the slap with Tennessee. You know, I, I let everyone down, but the love that I constantly get from Gator Nation, again, like, like fans, equipment manager, whatever, you know, that's orange and blue. I even use that. You know, that's why when you text, I text back right away. So I appreciate the love, and it's always orange and blue. Oh, by the way, sorry. About that Ted Ginn kickoff return, for the guys who were on the team, we played Miami, and Devin Hester ran it back, and then we ran the score up, and, of course, they came back and won. This is no lie. Brandon Siler would tell you, when Ted Ginn ran that back, we did not bat an eye because as soon as he scored, I remember running down the sideline and telling everyone, hey, this is just like the Miami game. Remember what happened when Devin Hester ran it back? And we end up getting the lead. We're going to do the same exact thing. 
but except for this time, we end up holding the league and winning the game. So if anyone ever asked, that's no lie. We never batted an eye when we ran it back because we had been in that situation before. And not taking credit because I don't even know how I remember or knew what to say at that moment, but I give all glory to God to use me for me to even remember to bring up that Devin Hester point. And that's the honest to God story on everything I love. Dallas, uh, such, such fun looking back on this season, man. And, you know, we've been given, uh, I think, nostalgia for Florida fans these past couple of weeks, but there's no sports going on, man. So why not look back on some of these great seasons? Oh, I love it. Trust me. I, <laughs> I love it. Keep it coming, man. As much as orange and blue as possible. So I love it. For sure, man. Well, Dallas, we really appreciate the time, man. Hope you're uh, doing well, staying safe during this quarantine, and uh, we'll catch up with you again in the future, man. Thank you, man. Thanks to you and your family. God bless. Appreciate Dallas for his time and perspective. Really fun looking back on that 06 season. And that will do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On the next show, we will wrap up our series on the greatest football teams in school history. Looking back at the 2008-2009 seasons, make sure you guys stay tuned to the latest edition of Locked on Gators.